Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode 83. This podcast is sponsored by Generation UCAN, the smarter energy nutrition that's powered by Superstarch, a slow-release complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady, long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good. Visit generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first order. That's generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. Listeners of the Breaking the Barrier podcast can now also enjoy a 10% discount on these Spartan races. All you have to do is go to spartanrace.com.au and enter any race that you want and enter the code Breaking the Barrier upon checkout when entering for that race and you will receive 10% off. That's spartanrace.com.au and use the coupon code Breaking the Barrier. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. Welcome to the podcast where we hope to inspire you to go above and beyond. And to be honest, this might just be us catching up for the next half an hour. I reckon. It's been a hot minute since our last podcast. It has. Time is weird at the moment. I know. We were trying to talk about how long it had been since we'd seen each other. We worked out it had been a month. And then we were talking about something that happened a couple of days ago. We worked out it was actually a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) So, Dude, I... I don't think that there's been one day in the past two weeks where I knew what day I was on. Yeah. Like, every day I think it's a different day. Like, it's weird. I don't even know what day it is today. I they think it's... are really just blurring right now. I feel like today is purple. Is yes. Today purple? Today's purple. Today's Welcome today's to purple. purple. Nice. Yeah, and it also feels like with everything that's changing in society at the moment, it's yeah. like, at which point in this change of the restrictions and the advice are we oh, in? Dear. What Are we on? Are we, have we gone past this one? Are we on the way to that one? Yeah. It's all just timey-wimey, herby-blurby. Hey, yeah. there you go. I like the <laughs> reference. I understood that reference. Yes. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, here in Victoria, restrictions are starting to ramp up again, so... It might be, it's like one of those things where it's, it, it felt like it was getting a little bit normal yeah. for a while. And you know what? It was actually very strange to me to, to look at the news um, because for a while there, there was nothing about the coronavirus in the news and it was all about what's happening in the States with the protests. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just weird not seeing... Well, The Age was doing a daily blog on coronavirus yeah. and they stopped it yeah. because they reached a point where they were like, I think we've won. Hooray us. Yeah. George Bush on the... You know, deck of the aircraft carrier, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished, oh wow. You know, we'll turn off this blog and we'll go worry about yeah. other stuff and then look what happened. That's right. Mm. And so for, for about two weeks there, it was, I mean, I think there was no real no. articles or anything. Now it's it's all back to normal. I think for two weeks or so it was, no. there's the people returning from overseas. They've got cases. Mm. We've got them under control. We've got them in these hotels. Everything's fine. Let's look at America. Black Lives Matter. That's all really, really bad. And then what we didn't realize here in Victoria, Australia, is that the people looking after the people that were in the hotels, the security guards, probably weren't as well trained or informed as they needed to be and got themselves into a bit too close proximity to some of the people that had these corona cases and then took them to other places. And in the last week or so, we've just seen an enormous jump in positive cases being yeah. detected. And there's which, a lot of hot spots now, like Hume, Brimbank. Yeah. Um, Suburbs in Melbourne, which are just, you know, really high risk now, proportionally yeah. to everywhere else. Yeah. With school holidays is coming now, we just relaxed a whole bunch of restrictions about what we can do in pubs and restaurants and yeah. holiday accommodation. And it's interesting because the policy and the restrictions are moving one way, but the cases were moving another way. And there was an experience a week or so ago where the government basically had to go, wait a second, we're going to handbrake on this one. Yeah. We said tomorrow you were going to be able to do 50 people, you can only do 20 people. Yeah. We said you were going to be able to do this. You still got to go to the gym though. I still got to go to the gym. I was so excited. Yeah, lots 
lots of people have been going to the gym. I've been watch, looking at lots of post-isolation workout yeah. selfies. Yeah. Do you know what's funny? Um, I expected my gym to be a lot more crowded, but mm-hmm. my gym's never really been that crowded anyway. So I don't think I've, I've, I've gone pretty much every day this week. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've been there when there was more than four, five people there. What practical system have they put in place? Uh, they uh, they really haven't. Like, there's no bookings at mine. Okay. Um, and I think that that was a choice made by the gym owner specifically to mine just because it's not a big gym. Yeah. But also I think he was under the impression until a day before they were about to open that they were about they were able to have 50 people inside, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Uh, and I don't think that there was a way that he could have enforced something that quickly. Yeah. Uh, I think some gyms are taking bookings. Yeah, a lady I work with, she has to book in advance and she can book for a 90-minute window. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's all online. And yeah. yeah, no, it's not. I mean, he's got some of the barricades up and stuff, like at the front desk, he's got a... He's got the little shelving where the uh, exercise balls used to go. And he's yep. just like, you know, if you need to talk to us, stand here. Yeah, okay. Uh, dude, he's he's been there. Martin, uh, shout out to Martin. Uh, he's been there like every day for like 16, 18 hours basically just to welcome all the members back. And yep. dude, in the span that I, I've been there each day, probably every three or four minutes, like less than five minutes, he's going around wiping everything That's down. That's part of the procedure. Yeah. Is you've got to do clean as you go. Yeah. We're talking about that as part of the return to scouts yeah. and how we're going to have to have parents come to the scout meetings not to help do any scouting stuff, just to clean up after yeah. us as we go. And after every evening, we need to get someone in to clean the entire place before we do something the next time. Yeah. So that's driving. Like for someone like Martin, that's him. That's his time. He's cleaning it all as he goes. And probably once you lock down, giving it all clean. And yeah. small business owners are really going to have to wear a whole bunch of extra act, effort and activity Absolutely. over this period. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, Shout out to Martin. Yeah, yeah, man. Rock on. And he was there every day, basically, while they were closed anyway, just mm. cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. Have they and, restricted any of the equipment? Like, can you still get to everything you can still okay so you can get to everything you can use all the equipment uh, except um the treadmills the treadmill bank yeah bank is that what you call the row of treadmills yeah jesus what was that i think everything's gone bad we're in mad max now (laughs) okay um don't know if you all could hear that but that sounded like something bad happened outside yeah um yeah so basically there's i think uh six treadmills in a row uh and you can only basically use every other one so uh he he's closed off two Three, however many treadmills that is. That sounds like a really sad country and western song. Wow. Six treadmills in a row, but you can only use every second one. That's... <laughs> what well, is kind of sad. It is. It's sad. It's well, like, you know, for the CrossFit country and western gentleman. Yeah. Or lady. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Um, I think he's taken... Uh, he, I noticed that he's he doesn't have the foam rollers out anymore. Yeah. Anything spongy or yeah. absorbent apparently yeah. is a no-go. Yeah. So mats that are like vinyl covered are good, mm. but but anything that's like a spongy type yeah. ball material is no good. Yeah. Um, he, there, you, you obviously have to have a towel. Yep. You, you should have, have a towel anyway. You should have a towel anyway. Yep. Um, you have to apparently also have a water bottle too. Uh, well, the water stations would be cut out now, wouldn't they? Well, no, they're still going. But it's not... Our, we don't have a water fountain now. Okay. We have like a cooler. Yeah. Uh, Okay. But you have to actually have a water bottle. Um, it wasn't Martin, but there was another lady there. Uh, I, I've not met her before, but I'm assuming she was just trying to take some of the slack off of Martin. Yeah. And somebody walked in and she said, do you have your towel? Yes. Do you have your water bottle? No, I don't generally need one. Mm. She's like, well, you can't work out unless you have a water bottle. Mm. So he had to go and buy a water bottle. I don't understand that. I mean, I get maybe because you want to make sure that you're not dry, so you're coughing. Yeah. But also, I would imagine that that also promotes having 
something that has it's your germs on it. something else sitting around that could yeah. potentially have germs right. on it. Right, because I had my water bottle on the treadmill, and I would drink from it, and sometimes it would leak onto mm. the thing. And I'm like, well, that's now my germs. Yeah. I mean, you would think, I mean, I'm not saying that you want to say, no, you can't have a water bottle, but making somebody, I don't understand the logic there. Yeah, okay, interesting. Were they it. doing temperature checks? No. No temperature checks. No, okay. which I was surprised. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are those are kind of the restrictions uh, the at, at the gym. And, you know, it's very, it's very, uh, I actually put this uh, on the Breaking the Barrier Instagram the other day. It was a very interesting atmosphere in there. Like Martin, so friendly, such a great guy. First day I went, he was kind of standoffish. Not uh, standoffish is the wrong word, but just you could tell he's keeping He was his keeping the 1.5 meters. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it was just strange because mm-hmm. you, for me, I, I've known Martin for about, I don't know, five years, four or five years now. I would, my mind says the first thing I'm going to do is shake Martin's hand yeah. and he's going to welcome you back with open arms. But we know that that can't happen because, yeah. you know, you got to be careful. Yeah. And of course, he would have been tired as hell from yeah. all the work that he's been doing. He's been there like every, like basically he was there from yeah. five a.m. till like nine p.m. that yeah. night. And a little bit of Andrew goes a long way. So you walk in the front door and he's like, "Oh God, this guy! This, this is what guy. I need on my first day back." Pretty much, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. He probably wasn't happy about that. That's fair. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, I, it's been really cool though getting back. Mm. Uh, but again, yeah, it's it, it, interesting atmosphere. Uh, people it's, are very much. You can tell that they're yeah. nervous. It's an interesting little sequel to our... We did our back to... Or starting the habit back to basics, whatever it was. We decided to call this stuff a month ago about yeah. getting into strength training. And I didn't think we ever thought that you'd be getting back into strength training in like day one, a COVID type response. But, yeah. you know, that's kind of like for people who start going to the gym for the first time ever, they're going to kind of learn in this weird bubble yeah. where it's only going to be more and more relaxed as time goes. But yeah. people who have been going to the gym for a long time, it's going to feel really odd and yeah. really weird. Well, yeah. it's actually an interesting point. There was probably every day since every day I've been at the gym while I've been there. And I'm, I'm, I'm at the gym for maybe 40 minutes to an hour on average. Every day I've been there this week, there have been new people coming in for new memberships. Right. And yeah, it's got to be an interesting atmosphere to join a gym right now. Because there's a gym etiquette, which you need to learn anyway, about what you do with your weights and mm. what you do with your space and your towels and cleaning down. Like it takes you a little while to learn how a gym works yeah. at the best of times. Yeah. But now it's going to be, you need to learn how a gym works in this situation. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a lot of, I don't know, I liken it to like uh, my dad or something growing up. I, he always just say, you know, I used to walk uphill in the snow both ways to school. I'm like, Dad, shut up. You yeah. grew up in Puerto Rico, first of all. There was no <laughs> snow. <laughs> there was no snow. Yeah, Great freaking... ski season in Puerto Rico. <laughs> exactly. It's just mad. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I imagine people who are joining gyms now are going to be telling their grandkids, you know, back in my day when we used to go to the gym, we couldn't even look yeah. at another person. I had to joust a man to get access to the treadmill. <laughs> That's right. You know? That's right. Jeez, uh, it's just, it's very interesting. And it's a lot of those things that we take for granted. I, I, I put up another post on, on Breaking Barrier today. You take that stuff for granted. And I think it's going to help promote like some real laser focus for these people joining the gym yeah. because you just don't know that you're going to be able to go to the gym. Yeah. You guys, I'm still waiting for them to say, not closing gyms again. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, everything to me is open right now. Like, I think we could go back to stage three restriction tomorrow yeah it feels like with the way that things are yeah. going and the way the numbers are going up so i'm fully prepared for them to pull all this away i'll be so uh, sad yeah yeah it would suck do you think um because often not often a lot of people go to the gym yeah. and they like hang out 
for an hour, two yeah. hours, three hours. Yeah. Is there anything about that that you've seen? I, I don't go to a gym. I work out of home. So this yeah. is all new to me. I mean, I, certainly I think that there's a lot more... You know, I haven't seen enough people there to really gauge it, but I feel like there's probably a lot more let's get in, get out. Yeah. Rather than get in, socialize for a little bit. Um, Do you think that will lead to better training? I think so. I think uh, I think so. Because I tell you what, a lot of the times people go into the gym, and we've all seen it. I've, yeah. I've done it. You know, you're on, you're in the gym, you're on your phone. Yep. You're not really focusing on the task at hand. You're just going through the motions. Yep. I think, yeah, I think if you have to get in, get out, you're going to put more effort into that quality time that you have. Yep. Uh, and you might get the same kick-ass workout in a half hour than you normally would in an hour. Yeah. Just because you're spending less time screwing around or yeah. whatever. Uh, not that you know. Not that you want to take away, um, you know, that interaction and yeah. that socializing. But I think it's just yeah. yeah. And there might also be like if people are rushing through their workout, they'll need to be careful that they yeah. don't injure themselves yeah, through poor the, form the, uh, or something like that. Uh, the, the, oh, I'm not going to stretch anymore. I'm not going to cool down, and mm. that's how you get injured. Yeah. Yeah. So you want? Yeah, and that's a good point. You got to really look at that because yeah, rushing's not good either. So there's that fine line between just taking too long in the gym and yeah, rushing it. Exactly. Just getting a bang-on workout. Because I imagine that the people going back to gyms and personal trainers and gyms are operating under a slightly different paradigm to the people who are doing like outside personal training mm. where you've got a lot more space and a lot more room to move. Yeah. And it's a lot less restrictive. So, you know, people like um, running clubs and outdoor boot camps and stuff like yeah. that would be slightly different. They'd probably still have some of the same restrictions around the right. equipment and yeah. wiping you know, everything down. I think we got to get Fearless Fitness uh, Tara Buckley on here one yeah. day. Yeah, and I see, think. what's it like to actually run an event or run a camp or run a session now that you're in this thing and what's she done differently and what hasn't she changed yeah, yeah. so shout out tara you're going to be on our podcast Don't. i want to get martin on the podcast because it'd be really interesting to see how a gym owner yeah feels what's it been like and you know, i'm so nervous i'm afraid to ask him because i don't want him to say no yeah well i really want to get some of the people who are starting to organize some of the well they were starting to organize some of the trail events so there was quite a yeah, few right, trail trails events plus and trails plus right. and up in bright they were starting to talk about what the event was going to look like yeah. and opening up for races and that was getting really exciting and then everything started to go the wrong direction and they've started to cool down a little bit now i might get you know what i think spartan is starting to open up back in the states i might see if i can get jared back on mm. or that guy yancey culp or maybe i'll i'll even try and get joe on all of that's yeah. probably not it's been so interesting because there's been a lot of run directors online saying hey we understand that we can't run our event now and you might have paid your fees and all that sort of stuff yeah you know, if we give that money back, this event will fold yeah. uh, and, and stuff like that. And what it's like to actually have the stress. I mean, planning event like that on its own is stressful. Yeah. Trying to do it where it could get ripped away from you with yeah. like a week's notice. Yeah. Or remember when Brett did the Brimbank Ultra that night, they, right. they kicked in the restrictions. That's right. He ran an event in the morning and that, that night, night yeah. they flipped it on him. That's you know, great. So it, that, that was the last event that you did. That was the very last event. and Before it, everything went and, to hell. And everything went that night. Yeah. And so, like, he, he ran an event that morning, and everything was good, and mm -hmm. he would not have been able to run that same event 24 hours later. Wow. Like, that's how quickly it happens. And that could happen to all of these run directors now mm. who are trying to organize events. That could happen to anyone yeah, who's yeah, trying yeah. to organize, yeah. you know, a, a camp, a, a bake sale or a fete or something. It could yeah. all change. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I think... I think most people, for the most part, are pretty okay with not getting their refunds and mm. stuff from race entries because we all like to support, yeah. you know. Um, I hope people are being patient and forgiving. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure when you go to 
a ca- I mean, just think about all the cafes and restaurants who thought they were going to be able to serve 50 people this week. Yeah. They've been told they can only serve 20. And think about the cafes and restaurants that now will not reopen yes. because of that. So. Lots of businesses we will not see again, unfortunately. It's not yeah. just, yeah, it's not just the, uh, it's not just the uh, surface stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, goes deeper than that. Mm. There you go. That was fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to have a podcast episode where we don't talk about this because yeah. it is the thing. It is, is the thing, yeah. That is running everything. I, it's, it's weird to me. It's life, I think, <clears throat> has changed, mm. will be changed forever. Absolutely. Um, but it's just really going to be interesting where we will be in a year, two years, three years. Will we still be talking about COVID? Hopefully not. Yeah, I, don't um, know. I saw something scary the other day. Oh, uh, what? Which said they've never come up with a COVID-related vaccine. Mm. So all of the previous COVID cases we've had... We kind of just got to a point where it was herd immunity and we were okay. Yeah. And yeah, we've never had a COVID vaccine. Yeah. So if that's true, it's kind of scary. Well, yeah. I mean, I know a couple of companies have gotten have gotten up to the next phase, but whatever that means. And best case scenario, I mean, I've heard January 2021 yeah. being thrown around. Best case scenario, that's when. Yeah. But then they still have to prepare it yeah. for. You know. I mean, if it helps, this, if it helps this time, Trump told them we really, really need it. So hopefully that'll help things. Hold it. You're not allowed to talk about him. Mm-mm. That's okay. All right. We'll skip that bit out. I've been talking a lot about him with my mom. Okay. Hopefully they're still not bugging your calls. <laughs> she, like, she like tolerates him a lot more than I do. Yeah. Well, she has to because she's in the country. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah. I think she, yeah. Hmm. But it's, it's hard <laughs> to talk about uh, anything else um, without having it through this prism right now. And I think you're right. It will absolutely be different. Like, yeah. I can't imagine working in the city in the same way no. next year. I'm not even sure if I'll go back to work in the CBD this year. Yeah. I think it's so unlikely. I might go meet people in suburbs at like a cafe or somewhere else to do like a small catch-up with three or four people. Yeah. I can't imagine myself being in an office build. I can't imagine myself being in a train no. with like 200 people. No, like my friend caught the train from Richmond the other day and he said there were seven people on the train and that was the most people he's seen wow. in a long time. Wow. Which is, yeah, just nuts. Very scary. Very scary. Mm. Um, I, you know, it, what dawned on me the other day, we are halfway through the year. Yeah. Where did, halfway through the year. yeah. Where did the time go? Remember when we were dealing with bushfires? Yeah. Bushfires was a tragic, terrible time. Absolutely. And, and it just went from that yeah. to. Killer hornets. Killer hornets. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, to this. To and, this. And now Joel Schumacher passed away the other day. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Joel Schumacher. Lots of people passing Very away, sad. unfortunately. Yeah. I swear to God, if we lose Betty White in 2020, <laughs> I'm leaving the earth. No, nah, she's the mastermind behind it all. Mate. Yeah. She is. That's funny. So what else has been going on with you? Oh, dude, I You've have... been busy. Yeah, I've been really busy. Uh, filming and productions have kind of started to ramp up a little bit. Uh, filming, we're, we're sort of still up in the air about, but you know, for Impulse, we've been doing a lot of a lot of stuff like we, mm. we've just released our re, uh, first react videos where myself brendan and josh react to certain things like trailers in this case the justice league trailer yeah the, um, the snyder cut yeah, yeah with the announcement of the snyder cut which is really exciting can't wait for that um you know actually for those of you who don't know the snyder cut refers to they did a movie called the justice league it was directed by a guy called snyder who was the director but he had to leave mm. and another guy came in called joss whedon who finished the film and the finished film was a bit of a dumpster fire, to be honest. Uh, it wasn't great. It was tonally not very consistent. Yeah. And so there's been rumours of this thing called a Snyder Cut, which was Snyder's original vision yep. for the film. They've just announced after a fan-led 
campaign yeah. that they're going to release it as six TV episodes, yeah. which is just insane. On HBO Max? It's incredible. Yeah. So it's going to be a film that we've all seen before, completely yeah. different. Yeah, uh, And, I mean, look, I'll be honest, I didn't mind the Justice League. Mm. I enjoy it. I, I like the sort of lightheartedness of it. Mm. I, but, yeah, there was definitely... I mean, look, they hired Joss Whedon. They wanted to make it into the Avengers, which yes. they could not do because it is not that. Yeah. Um, but I'm very interested to see what... It'll um, be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are doing reaction videos. So we're doing reaction like videos. That. Yep, yeah. so that. Um, we're doing that. Well, we got Sonic Boom, which is our audio series coming out uh, where I get to play Superman, which is nice. Cool. Um, so we're doing that. I'm filming tomorrow with... Uh, um, Somebody who's worked on Star Wars, and you know, it's the third time I'm filming with him now. Same project, mm -hmm. really awesome. So yeah, we're 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 kicking things up into play, and you know, throughout the entire time, I'm just trying to keep up with my fitness. I'm not doing long distance running right now. I was going to ask, yeah, you've always been keeping yourself like two to three weeks away from being camera yeah. ready. Are yeah. you still sort of maintaining that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm probably. It's interesting. It's an interesting point because well, okay. So in terms of long distance running, I'm not. Yeah. But that being said. Um, probably I'm running anywhere between three and five K pretty much every day. Yeah. Just, you know, maybe five or six days a week, six days a week. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of a mini run streak. You got yeah, going. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not worried about the long distance stuff because I'm, I'm having to focus on my aesthetics. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting because, and I was talking to Andy about this last night. There are two types of people in the gym right now. Uh, aside from the people who are just signing up, there are the people who, either maintained their fitness or got better yep. during COVID or the people who let themselves go completely. Right. Um, me personally, I've been thankful that, that I, I built have built up the discipline over the course of a couple of years to really, I, I'm probably in better shape now mm. than when COVID started. Yeah. And that's just working out of my house. I, I, I spoke to somebody at the gym who has uh, gained some weight and, and and she asked me, she's like, "Have you been training?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I was training at home. I got like the last two dumbbells in Victoria. <laughs> it's like my it's like my joke." Yeah. Um, and she's like, "Yeah, no, I wasn't." I was like, "Okay, that's cool." And she's like, "You know what? I didn't get any exercise gear or anything." And I just told myself, "You know what? This is a weird time, mm. so I'm just not going to train. I'm just going to do what I want." And I, I I know I have the fortitude and the discipline to know that when time comes, I can work it off. Yeah. I thought that that was really interesting, an interesting take. Yep. Um. My counter take to that is the conversation we were having five minutes ago, which is this kind of feels like the new normal. Yeah. And so I'm worried that if you don't find a way to work out through this period, yeah. well, then what if this period never truly ends? Mm. Like, what if it just sort of morphs into something yeah. we accept? And like, that's, that's, that would yeah. be my, not a counterpoint to say you're wrong, right. but to say, have you thought about this? Yeah. Like, it's easy to think that if it's only six weeks, eight mm. weeks, what happens when you look back like we do and go, wow, it's been a month yeah, or it's been six I don't, months? I don't think people are... Think a lot of people are thinking about that right now. Yeah, uh, and it's weird because because I, I must admit I thought about that. I I did think to myself, well, that's a great, you know, good for you. Yeah. Um, but I also did think to myself, yeah, that's dangerous. People need to put their mental health and family and stuff first yeah. to make sure that they're finding time for that, especially if they're vulnerable or they've got risk factors during this time. Yeah. But you kind of it comes back to that first aid training, which is you've got to be able to look after yourself, to look after other people. Right, right. And if you're someone who's been relying on fitness or wanting to get fit for your own personal gain, mm. just putting that on hold or like a, putting it on hold and not doing anything different is okay. Yeah. But then a lot of people, I'm sure, would put it on hold and go, well, now it's almost like a cheat 
yeah. a month or a cheat yeah. quarter. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's been a cheat year. Oh, man. Yeah. I tell you what, I, I, I said this to PJ, my trainer, the other day. I said, you know, if this was if this happened to me even two years ago, I, I, I think I probably would have come out of this very different in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, I probably would have just hung up, not bothered and just like, all right, well, I'm stuck at home, so I'm just going to eat whatever I want and yep. do stupid shit. And I probably would have gained quite a bit of weight. Yeah and gotten really unhealthy but even if you had been maintaining like physical exercise you probably would have i, yeah. I still would have been eating crappy yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. but i've been really consistent like every day and i think you know part of it well over the last couple of years i've developed a different mentality in terms yeah. of my fitness and nutrition which of course we talked about before so i don't need to bang on about it but i think you know filming has helped because i know that filming is always on the horizon yeah and i've just been i've been really smart about my food choices i haven't had any silly cravings thankfully and i haven't yeah. made any silly decisions uh i basically eat the same thing every day because you've had the ability to go and do filming taken away from you have you been conscious of being ready to go when that opportunity comes yeah. back yeah and that's the other thing uh because especially now you know self-tests from my agent are starting to come back like i didn't want to be in a position where i get an audition brief yeah. and i have to do a self-test and i'm feeling lousy about myself yeah, yeah. so yeah like i'm probably uh, like I said, I'm, I'm in better shape now than I was when COVID started. And Make sure his agent hears that. Yep. Yes, Mari and Laura, please. Um, basically, yeah. So I, I just feel really good knowing that, you know, if I get an audition brief, I can just do it. Like I got yep. one the other day about a fallen Marine, which is why I have this giant Nerf gun now. Yep. I went and bought that. Yeah, yeah, very um, accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a video game, so whatever. You get uh, to expense buying a Nerf gun. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. I will claim that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you will. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, I just put on like an Under Armour top, and mm. like two years ago, that doesn't happen. I, yeah. I wouldn't have even sent in the thing because I would have let myself go. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm like, yeah, man, bring it on. I don't care. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. That's good. I'm really happy about that, and. It's it's interesting because I probably again two years ago would have panicked because I stopped distance running. Yeah. But running for the past couple of years hasn't been about losing weight. It's just been about building strength or training for something specific. Yeah. So now I'm just like, yeah, man, three, five kilometers, whatever, mm. every day. I don't even feel the need to do it on an empty stomach at the moment. Just yeah. Okay. I know that. Yeah. I don't What's, need to make up for it. Where does distance running fit in your? sort of horizon at the moment is it something that we i, I, mean, I don't know we like can't, we can't enter any bloody no, races right now so it's kind of like, what's like the point but I, I new york marathon's just been canceled did it yeah Shit. so i really highly doubt melbourne's gonna go ahead yeah uh, but it's i mean you know look it's june a lot can happen melbourne's but, like twenty five thousand people yeah. though yeah like in that village in that setup and you know eight thousand people at the starting line for the marathon itself it's it's crowded. It's very crowded. Oh, yeah, man. It's very good. Usually, it takes me about five minutes to cross the start line. Yeah. Well, the, maybe not five minutes. The trail but. races are different. I've, I've seen a trail race work. Like, I saw yeah. Brett run the Trails Plus race, and he went with some small capping of numbers mm. and some staggered start times and a few tweaks here and there. You can make a trail event work. Yeah. Um, especially if you've got, like, a nice big open space to get everyone together in. Mm. I think... One of the problems he's got with the Yu Yangs that he was looking at doing in the next month or so is everyone meets at that top car park and everything's in that top car park space and you're kind of all on top of 
each other. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the brim bank, he's got that enormous A, B, and C car park. It's all really spread out, so he's got a little bit more room to move. Right. I think that's going to be the biggest challenge that trail racers are going to have. Yeah. But an event in the middle of the CBD where they tell everyone to catch public transport yeah, because I, you can't drive in. I, I just don't. Th- I don't see the Melbourne Marathon going ahead. And do you know, um, yeah, I, I like. I don't know because. I don't even know when the Spartans are going to go ahead. No. Uh, I think once races start going a little bit more uh, consistently, maybe I'll yeah. look at getting back into long distance running. Great Ocean Road has moved to August. Yeah. And they're trying to work out how that will work because the whole thing about Great Ocean Road is that you tend to stay at the finish line and catch a bus with a whole bunch yeah. of other people to the start line. I'd be surprised if it goes ahead. I mean, yeah. I think I'd it's... be really surprised if it goes mm. ahead. And if it does, I think that they're going to do some different... Like, they'll... they'll change it yeah. in such a way that no no buses yeah you'll just have to figure shit out which is not easy on that course no because it's like if you, it's the great ocean road it's the great ocean road so if you close the great ocean road to let people run on it and you're like well you have to get to the start line to the finish line without going the actual course it's like a 95 kilometer inland detour yeah, yeah. so it's not the easiest one to just no. figure out yeah, yeah. that's mm. fun there's lots of stuff like that. So yeah. what what have you been doing, man? What's what's your uh, routine what, been like? So my routine, fitness-wise, um, I, I be, I'm injured at the moment. Oh, so, what, yeah, what's going on? My adductor. Ah. Oh. Yeah, flared up. So I've had a bit of a problem with my adductor for a while. Yeah. Um, and I got on top of it, and it was it was good. Um, but just in the last week or so, I've noticed it start to flare up a little bit. Oh man. So and I think it's because my strength training got interrupted yeah. so i went through um oh so you know might as well tell you the day after we did the last podcast mm. my dad died oh wow yeah so i he, didn't know that no not many people know that yeah so, okay. yeah so he'd been sick for a long time and yeah. he was and so we kind of thought that we had a little bit more time with him yeah than we did and so we were planning to sort of you know the day after that we did the podcast i was going to go over and see him yeah. we were going to bring him home we were going to have a couple of weeks hanging out with him and we were kind of thinking around about this time it might be the time that he would pass but everything went a lot quicker you know complications yeah. from cancer and all that sort of wow. stuff um and that just destroyed my routine for like you know for a, i was staying at my mum's place yeah. looking after her trying to work out arrangements and everything getting out and doing a run to clear my head now and again but my strength training just went out the window yeah. uh, and so i did you know kept doing some running for a couple of weeks but just didn't do any of my strength training and then last weekend i went out for a run and just you know we as we say when you come back from something don't assume you can run like you have run before that was going to be what yeah i was going to bring that and up. i went out and i went to run a distance at a pace yeah. that should have been easy and i just pulled it just oh, yeah. just flared up i was running along i was running really really well and i got to this beautiful st- i can see it now i got to this beautiful stretch of road little downhill incline i was running really well i thought right i'll just give this a little bit of a nudge like push it into like the 445 per kilometer territory and just and just within 200 meters of doing that i just felt it go twing oh man and i went oh that's not good and so i sort of limped home at that point yeah got out the next day felt it again went out for a run earlier this week with daryl felt it again and so now i'm back into just you know five kilometers a day and then back home strength prehab yeah rehab just just doing that so i rode my bike over to see you today because Mm -hmm. i didn't want to run yeah because yeah so just dealing with that it's been really annoying it's been this really shitty last month or so where it's like you know you know i knew my dad was sick and i knew that that was on the horizon but that happened really quickly and then you get to work at the end of the financial year just kind of work work was really good work gave me a week off and then i came back and work was really good in that 
two hours after being back at work, it was like nothing had happened because it was just like the pressure's on. And so right. that was a distraction. Yeah. And it felt like I had gotten through it. And then I just felt this this twinge go in the leg. So, so that's kind of where I am at the moment, which has set me back a little bit because yeah. Daryl and I were talking about, oh, well, we want to do bright. We wanted, we were thinking about doing Yu Yangs. Yeah. I was sitting there going, well, if I do Yu Yangs, if I did a marathon then, and then I could do a 50K at bright, and then I, I was starting to work out what, some, what, a, what a distance running routine would look like yeah. and kind of working backwards from that. And now it feels like the whole thing's a little bit out the window. Wow. So I reckon I could get back to Melbourne in October if it did go ahead yeah. and be able to run that in like a four-hour time. Yeah. But apart from that, I'm kind of just going to be you know, 35 to 40 Ks a week for the next two weeks right. just whilst I build it back up and then, yeah, take it really, really easy. Yeah. And how are you doing, like, mentally with everything? Oh, yeah, mentally I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's... Um, I was there when he passed away, my okay. dad. Yeah. So my mum and I were with him. Sure. And so I kind of had, like, an enormous amount of closure in that moment. That's great. Um, my brother and sister and his brother didn't have that closure. They kind of had to use the rest of the week to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I was at a position where, you know... We were like, oh, well, who's going to speak at the funeral? And no one really wanted to speak. And I was like, oh, well, I'll put my hand up to speak. And by the time it came, I was able to speak yeah, because yeah. I because I dealt with it. I mean, I was it was funny because I would have no idea what I was going to talk about. Yeah. And then I'd be at my mum's place, and I'd go out for a run, and I'd come back and I'd grab my iPad and I'd start typing down all these words and thoughts that I'd thought of. Amazing I was how running. running can do that. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. You'd get home and it would just be. Remember, I think we spoke about in one of those first podcasts we did together, you'll be running along and sometimes you'll go, oh, that's what that means. Yeah. yeah. I did that a lot with my dad. Like I was sitting there and at one point I was talking to myself, like almost reciting what my little Ugoogly was going to be. Um, and so, you'll G. I, I, I thought that's what you were saying. Well, I watched Zoolander last <laughs> okay, night. Okay, you're right. <laughs> He's a Ugoogleizer. The Ugoogleizer. Uh, um, so I, I, I really used running as like a mental thing yeah. to get me through over the, the last couple of weeks or last month or so, basically. Like yeah. it's basically a month since we last caught up. Yeah. And so I've gone through all that. So, so yeah, mentally I'm doing okay. That's good. Um, it's just, yeah, I mean, dad's, dad had uh, prostate problems, then yeah. he had kidney problems, then he went into remission, and then he came back from remission and had the liver. Yeah. And it just all sort of piled up and... And mum's been going through her own thing with breast cancer as well. So Jesus. we just got this, yeah, really tough time at the moment, wow. which we, we worked at, you know, we're working our way through as a family. But, yeah. Um, yeah, running was a really, really good escape for me. Right. Um, and it had kind of got through that point where that's why the injury is a little bit disappointing because yeah. I'm like, oh, well, running got me through this period of time. And now I kind of want to, quote unquote, reward running. By doing something with it and going off and doing a race and my adductor just went nah nah not so fast tiger so yeah well my condolences man yeah, thank for, you. for everything that's going yeah. on yeah no, I, no I, idea. kind of yeah dad wanted a very quiet thing so yeah. he didn't like put any notices in the paper or publish it's not the sort of thing you're going to put on Facebook yeah, because no, of you know enough. but you know I thought when you asked me what's, it's really hard for me to talk about the last month without bringing that up yeah no well that's thing, a pretty so. big milestone yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's where I am with my running and everything okay. right now and, and stuff yeah right okay wow mm. so okay so we're kind mm. of I guess in terms of running in the same sort of, I mean I'm not really injured or anything but we're basically doing the same i mean i don't even think i'm doing 30 kilometers a week no i'll I'll be 35 to 40 k's a week like i've got a little 5k loop that i do yeah and i do it super slowly uh what's super slowly for you oh like 545 kilometers something like that super slowly what slow yeah for you that's kind of recovery run pace i think Uh, that's probably my average pace right now yeah yeah that's fine that's a a nice easy recovery yeah 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 
okay. I've been wearing these things. So oh yeah, the joyrides. Yeah, so these are the joyrides. Are they awesome? Um, I don't know if I describe them as awesome. So I'm touching them, everybody. Yeah, because so the, I have to touch things. The joyrides are a pair of Nike shoes where they don't have air or gel inside them. They're little beads, right? They have beanbag beads right and they're basically filled with beanbag beads and they're like a really fat bottom as you can see like there's you know apparently uh, one and a half thousand little beads inside here wow and the bottom's really flared out and there's not much else other than that and so i've been wearing these and the one thing i'll say about them is i actually wear them without my orthopedics in them okay so normally i, I wear orthopedics to like give myself arch support I've been because I've been running slower in these. I've been mm. running without them, and I haven't noticed any injuries or anything. Good. I haven't noticed any shin splints Except or for the, uh, apart from the adductor <laughs> hurting right. itself. So, actually, actually. <laughs> now that you say it, mm. but yeah, they're they're really good. I mean, they they're pretty garish. They look like clown shoes. Well, or, do you know or what? Bowling it's, shoes. It's funny. Mm. They look. I mean, they look nothing like the the Hoka ones that came out. No, those are stupid. No, those are um, stupid is the wrong word. I yeah. shouldn't say that, but mm. they are, uh, and they don't have the the point on them. No, like there's the, no little. Player point. There's like this big blue jelly thing on the side. But they are very colorful. They're colorful. There's pink, there's a swirly white over black, and then there's a blue on the side. And a yellow for and the a, tongue. And a yellow for the tongue. So they've, they've basically gone with a lot of scrap materials and <laughs> gone, let's put this in a shoe. Frankenstein shoe. I'm a guy who will go to a bowling alley and put on bowling shoes and catch myself looking at myself in the mirror going, you know what, these don't look too bad. Dude, I do the same thing. I love a pair of bowling shoes. I love shoes. bowling shoes, man. Like, I, they look cool. I just love the bowling culture. Man. Yeah. So like, Give me a, like a cool zoot suit and some yeah. bowling shoes, dude, and I'm like rocking down yeah. the street like I own the So place. I don't hate the look of them, but they are a little garish. And I would say, like, I threw them on. I've done 100 Ks in them or so now. Okay. And they felt very comfortable from day one. Yeah. They're they're loud. Like, because I think they're so fat at the bottom, loud. I can hear myself okay. hitting the ground more. Does that m make you nervous because you think you're striking It makes harder? me think that I'm not running right. Yeah, yeah right. But, but they're, not, they're not horrible. Okay. Yeah. So I've been, you know, playing with them and another pair of Nikes that I got, so... That's what you want in a running shoe. Yeah. Not horrible. Not horrible. Mm. Yeah. Great. You know, there you go. There's That's your, the slogan. There's your shoe review. Breaking the barrier. Not horrible. Not horrible. But I, I think I really need to go to a shoe fitting place yeah. and get like checked out for something else. But I'm really interested to understand whether or not I can possibly run without inserts now. Like maybe mm. I don't need them much. That's why I want to figure out because it's yeah. been so long that I've been running with inserts, like, you know, over a decade. Yeah. And I think I'm a much more evolved runner and much stronger sure. than I was when I first started. So do I really need the inserts? Mm. And I think that's probably... You know, as we're giving lessons to new people, it's probably a lesson for me to all go get checked out. Yeah. What was the first advice we gave people when starting running? Go get, go checked, get checked out. out Maybe yeah. I should go get checked yeah. out as well. well it's yeah. very interesting. Uh, even, yeah, uh, my Mayo, the, one of the first things he said was you should not be in, for me personally, he's like, you shouldn't be in... Um, uh, Pants? Right. Yeah. There's a fun time. <laughs> um, oh, man, my words are just not happening right now. A supportive shoe... Uh, not stability. a neutral shoe. Stability, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you shouldn't be in a stability shoe. You should be a more neutral shoe yeah. with the way that you're striking. I was like, are oh, you yeah, really? He's yeah. like, yeah, because you don't need the stability shoe anymore. It's probably giving you more grief than not. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'll have to play with that. And the other thing I've been doing is I've started doing intermittent fasting. Okay. Thinking about nutrition and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm doing really well with it, actually. Yeah. Like, probably for, probably over the last month, to be honest. Um, partly because, you know wake up and didn't really feel like eating and just sort of next thing I know it's like well I've done almost a week and a half of intermittent fasting well, I might as well going. keep going with yeah. this and so I tend to not eat until midday really and then mid between midday and eight 
I eat, mm. and then 8 o'clock, that's it, and I don't eat again till the next midday. And I think that's worked really well because being stuck at home, apart from my morning run, mm. I don't go anywhere else yeah. or do anywhere else. Yeah. Like, it's astonishing how sedentary I am yeah. at home. Absolutely, same. Just incredible. And I'm finding that running is a bit of an appetite suppressant. So I go for my run in my morning. I do my stretching. I do my exercise. I have like a Metamucil or something to give me a feeling of being full. Yeah. And I have black coffee. Mm. And that kind of gets me through to midday. And during the week, I'm so busy at work, back to back. You know, yeah. I'll come running out of the room and my wife will be like, can I talk to you for two minutes? And I'm like, at 3.30, I can give you a minute and a half, but it has to be whilst I'm peeing. That's fair. So, because I'm just, you know, flat chat at the moment, yeah. which is great for her. Yeah, well, I mean, um, she must love to watch. Yeah, exactly. Or listen or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing that and so I'm finding during the week it's really really easy mm. but on the weekend it's like well there's kind of nothing to do quote yeah. unquote so you find that I tend to get a little bit more hungry yeah. during the weekend when I'm bored but so far I'm not feeling as soft as I would I was feeling a little bit softer yeah. um, it's not like I think I don't think I've lost a heap of weight but I'm finding Just that I'm feeling a little bit tighter and yeah. a little bit firmer and I've noticed no drop off in my energy levels. Because awesome. I was going to um, ask, do you think that this is something you'd be able to sustain while you were running like a 100-kilometer week? Well, see, yeah, that's the thing I was thinking about, which is if I was doing a long run on a Sunday, mm. I would absolutely eat beforehand yeah. and I would you know, use fuel during the run. Mm. I wouldn't try and do a long run. And by a long run, I mean anything over 25 Ks or two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, I know I can do a half marathon in a fasted state. Mm. And I know I can run for two hours or so in a fasted state. Yeah. I tend to do that most Sundays yeah. when I'm in training. But I wouldn't do more than that without having had something beforehand. So I could definitely see myself when I get back into more focused long, long, long run training, doing intermittent fasting six days a week. Mm. And then on the day of a long run, having something to eat in the morning, using fuel during the run and having something to eat afterwards. Yeah. So I think that would be the compromise with intermittent fasting for a long-distance runner. And then leading up to a race, I think it's something where around about, if a race is on a Sunday, around about maybe the Wednesday, reintroduce something in the morning yeah. just to, not because I need it on the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but to get the stomach used to having something in its... And so that when you get to the Sunday, there's more chance that your body has learned to process it yeah. and get rid of the waste you before you go off and do a it. run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's probably be my tactic okay. um, for someone who's you know planning to do longer distance runs. I mean, that's if you're going to do a marathon. Mm. If you're going to do a marathon, you kind of want to think about getting fuel into you beforehand to sustain you through the marathon and using the fuel to top yourself up along the way. Yeah. If I'm doing an ultra, like a 50 or a 100... I'm going to be eating something of some substance during the race. Yeah. And most times the ultra is going to involve hills. So there's going to be walking and stuff like that where you get a chance to refuel. So I don't know that the intermittent fasting would be such a big problem because you'd just be eating along the way. Yeah. But you do want to get your glucose stores built up. You do want to carb up, you know, for like a 72-hour cycle or so before a run like that. Sure. So that's probably the way that I'll balance that nutrition side of things. Yeah. With, but, but, I mean... When it comes to food, I'm just such an overeater in terms of portions. Yep. So for me, taking out a period of time where I don't eat is just the easiest way for me. Mm. I've tried it so many different ways in terms of I'll track what I eat or regulate what I eat or do eat this or don't eat that and all that sort of stuff. And restrictive nutrition routines don't really work for me. Yeah. Having 12 to 8, eat within those that period and don't be an idiot about it. Yeah, right. Like don't go nuts and yeah. like, you know, gorge for the eight hours. Yeah. But just eat normally within 12 to 8. I haven't noticed any impact to athletic performance or 
um, mindset or energy levels or focus or concentration. I was really worried that I'd get to the mid-morning and I'd be like so hungry that I wasn't able to concentrate. Yeah. Haven't noticed any of that as well. Nice. So, yeah. And there's other benefits to intermittent fasting other than weight loss, yeah. which is probably what I'm more interested in. My wife is doing it. Probably number one reason for her is weight loss mm. and then the other benefits. But for me, it's thinking about cholesterol, diabetes, yep. getting your GI levels balanced so that you avoid those highs and lows of yep. glycemic index and, and all that. That's probably more the benefits I'm looking for. If I get some weight loss, that's not a big factor for me because I know I can run a marathon at 85, 86 kilos. Yeah. It'd be nice to run one at like sub 80. Yeah. I'd really like to see what I could do with a good pre-training. Like 320 or, well, I, I reckon or better. If, I reckon if I was going to get sub 325 or sub 320 i'd have to be in that 70 kilo range because yeah. i've done 329 at 85 so i reckon if i took seven kilos off and maintained the same everything else yeah. i'd probably be able to take another 10 minutes but that's kind of it, that's not the goal for me right the goal is to you know almost like look not that i need to go in front of the camera but if i can look in the mirror and go oh yeah that's all right yeah that's kind of what i'm looking nice. for nice yeah that's mm. a good goal so that's something i've been working on for the last month or so since we caught up as well right yeah. on which you know we need to do that um podcast about nutrition because your nutrition routine is really interesting in terms of you know not eating meat as much mm. and all that sort of stuff so i think there's definitely some angles there for for people to talk about yeah know? i reckon I, oh yeah i think that we could talk about intermittent fa uh, intermittent mm. fasting the mm. benefits of mm. benefits of um vegetarian mm. veg, uh, benefits of meat yeah benefits of carb low carb mm. high carb paleo all that yeah. stuff yeah I, I think we could talk about tons of stuff There's heaps there yeah, yeah. Mm. cool well i tell you what let's um because you were talking about sort of uh wanting to get maybe possibly working towards say the marathon right yeah, yeah. so you're obviously now in a, in a spot where you're not really doing a lot of distance running yeah i'm not so I guess let's let's do another back to basics, man. Okay. What do you think? Do we we have time? We've we have been time. Yeah. Talking for about twenty five minutes or something. Um, See, it feels longer than that. Uh, thanks. But you know, I feel like that's an insult. No, I think that's good. Oh. I think we've packed a lot of content into twenty five minutes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what you mean. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Andrew, and to those of you who are actually paying attention to this podcast, you know that we've actually been speaking for about 45 minutes, so I was way off. Anyway, let's head back into the second half of this bad boy. Here we go. What? We'll let the reviews tell yeah, us. Indeed. Yeah, yeah those, they're not quite witty, but they're almost there. Yeah, the next headline will be, trust me guys, it felt longer. Indeed. <laughs> oh man. So, for me, I know that I want to get back into distance running. Mm. Obviously, you will. Yeah. As a distance runner, yep. What like what are your thoughts on not training for distance for X amount of time to get back into distance training? Like, what what are some of the things that you're going to look at doing? Yeah. To do that. So the first one is a really good critical self assessment of how time how much time you have available. Yeah. Um, the thing about long distance running is it just takes way more time. Uh, than if you're training for a half marathon or a 10K or something like that. Yeah. You've got to find the time to do the miles and do the training. You can't shortcut the training. Mm. Um, you can rock up to a marathon with very little training and get through it. You won't have a great time. Mm. But if you want to do a marathon and feel comfortable at the end and if you want to start thinking about something in the 50K plus range, yep. um, you're going to have to put the miles in in your training beforehand. The, okay. the the actual race is just the victory lap. Yeah. So the number one thing for me as I get back into 
long distance training will be how much time do I have available and building a routine around that. Um, that's probably the, the very first thing. Uh, and then the second thing is to think about um, what do I want to go after with that long distance race? Is it just finishing mm. a particular distance or is do I want to go after a time? Yeah. Because then that will determine how I use my time that I have available to me and the certain different types of training. Okay. And as a former distance runner, now you were kind of talking about it. Yeah. Well, not former. It's not like you retired, but as normally. <laughs> I don't think I was ever. Yeah. Um, could I ever be considered a distance runner as an amateur? Uh, I think it's more just a hobby. I, well, I mean, you run distance. I run distance. So yeah. distance Everyone runner. runs a distance. Everyone yeah. runs a distance. Yeah. So would you. I guess you wouldn't want to jump right back into like an 80 oh. to 100 kilometer week. So the 10% rule. 10% rule. I, I think I think I was thinking about that. I mean, my plan at the moment is I'm going to run because there's so much else not going on, or mm. there's so much little going on, or not much so stuff, little going on. Not much stuff happened now. Mm. Yeah. Word friend. Word friend. Good. Indeed. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of stuff going on at the moment. That's the one. That's a better way. That's to do the it. way to do it. Um, I'll probably run seven days a week at the moment yeah. because I'm only running 5Ks now and again. And I've got so much time to do recovery outside of the actual training session. Mm. So I'll do 5Ks a week. That's 35Ks a week. I'll probably then, once I know that the adductor is fixed, I'll go to 7Ks a week. And then I'll probably go to so, so 7Ks seven a times a week. Yeah, yeah, 7Ks yeah. a day. Yeah. And then I'll probably bump quite a few of those up to 10Ks a day. Mm. So I could see myself really quickly going from 35K to 70K. Yeah. Uh, but that's because I've done it before. Yeah. Like if someone brand new is starting there, you're not going to be able to suddenly go, well, every 5K run is now a 7K run and yeah. every 7K run is now a 10K run. So how do you think, how would they need to break that up? So what kind of different days would you think are good to look at? So if, you're, if you are a brand new beginner um, looking to start doing long distance running, chances are you already have a rest day in your week. Yeah. Um, you might have more than one rest day. I uh, hate to tell you, but you're going to need to think about stripping that back to just one rest day. And possibly uh, when you're looking at doing something at really high intensity, maybe a rest day every fortnight mm. or something like that. And it's not that you're going to be working flat out the rest of those days, but you will need to have time on legs. Because yeah. with ultra distance running, the things that you need to think about is that you're going to be putting your bones and your joints and your knees and your muscles through stress for so much longer. Mm. Uh, and you're going to be needing to be in a situation where you can operate on tired legs. Like, yeah. again, some people can get to a point where they're able to finish a marathon. And at the end of the marathon, their body is just at that point of feeling completely tired. And that's a happy coincidence. Yeah. The second you get past the marathon distance, it's just not possible to do that. You're yeah. going to have to operate on tired legs. Uh, and that means tired legs which are broken down and you're actively trying to refuel yeah. whilst you're in the middle of the exercise. So I would say if you're starting off um, from brand, brand new scratch, the things to really focus on is getting that long run in mm. on a Sunday or a Saturday or something like that, getting a quality long run in. And a long run for ultra distance means you're out there for three hours plus. Yeah. So that's going to become the, the keystone for your week. For sure, for ultra, for ultra, yeah. Okay. For ultra yep, running. Yep, that's yep. going to become the big thing. And that's that's going to be need to be where when you're training for a marathon, you will sit there and your longest run as part of training for a marathon might tip into that three hour, mm. three and a half hour range. Yeah. When you're training long distances, that's going to become every single long run. Yeah. Um, so when I was training for um, 
you know, the Brimbag Ultra, it was slightly different yeah. in that I was training for it in like a, a backyard. Sorry, when I was training for the backyard yeah. ultra, which is 100 kilometers, I was training to do a certain distance every hour and trying to get my body into that mindset. But when I've been training for other ultras, I will do 35 to 40 kilometer long runs for five weekends in a row. Wow. So and, and, and build them up to a point where, you know, if you're going to run 60 kilometers... Well, you need to be able to run 40 kilometers pretty easily to be able to handle that last 20. So the training you do for a half marathon, you extend to do for a marathon, and then you extend it again for an ultra. So I would really focus on, you know, a really quality long run on the Sunday, and then probably making your rest day um, on the Monday or the Tuesday. Okay. Uh, And then there's the concept of a midweek long run. And the midweek long run is not another three and a half hour run. But it's getting out there and, again, when I'm training for ultras, my midweek long run might be a half marathon. Mm. So I might do 21 Ks on uh, Wednesday and then do another 35 Ks plus on Sunday. And that's the sort of thing that you're looking at when you're sort of maxing out um, at an ultra level. Some ultra distance long runners will break that down. I know guys that go out three times a day. Wow. So they'll do seven Ks in the morning, then they'll do five Ks at lunch, and then they'll do another seven Ks in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, That's possible. Um, And if you're very time poor and you can't find like a block of time, that's something you can do. Um, And that is a very valid tactic. So I will take um, runs that I need to do on a Tuesday and a Thursday and I'll break them down and I'll do a morning run and an afternoon run. Yeah. But you've just got to try and find that time and you're going to be talking about running distances per day that are in that 10 to 15 range. Yeah. As 10 to 15 range is like your baseline day. Kilometers. Yeah, 10 kilometers. to 15 kilometers. Yeah. yeah. 10 to 15 kilometers is your baseline day when you're training for an ultra. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to get away with baseline days where you're doing like five to seven Ks. You just, you're going to have to be in those double digits. Sure. Um, and you can split those double digits in two, but you're going to have to also find some quality long runs in there. Yeah. yeah. And do you, so do, do you, do you still add in like speed workouts when you're training yeah. for an ultra? Yeah. Also, I'll, they won't be as flat out quick like yep. i'll probably do my speed workouts at 80 percent okay i probably i won't do my speed works at like 90 95 do you still do like the same kind of distance yeah 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 so what i will do is uh if i was looking at my and i tend to use between 70 and 100 k's yeah is the kilometers a week i go for when i'm training for a for an ultra and that will get up to 110 115 at like the peak load five weeks out or so from a race yeah but normally i'm trying to get to that point where i'm able to do between 70 and 100 relatively easy Mm. and as part of that i will on a tuesday if i need to do 15 k's i might run to the track which is five k's away yeah do the five kilometers worth of speed work at the track with the running group and then run back from the track. And there's my 15 Ks, but 10 Ks of it has been like light, easy running. And then five Ks of it has been the speed work. It's been the interval work or whatever it is, but I'll do that interval work. Like when I'm in the middle of training for an ultra, I'll go to the track and Simon just destroys me. Like Simon is just lapping me and just burning off me at any chance. I know that if I run as fast as I can, I can keep up kind of with Simon. Mm. I can at least, be on his tail for like 80% of it. Yeah. But when I'm training for a long run, he's just absolutely smoking me. Yeah. Uh, that sort of stuff. So that's where I will still do the sprint work to help give me confidence that I've got the power, mm. but it's not as heavy a focus if I'm training for a 5K. Okay. Yeah. So like how many, so what, how many uh, say, speed workouts will you do 
a week for say an ultra as opposed to a marathon as opposed to like a five or ten k. So I, I just do tend to do two speed workouts a week. Just yeah, flat. just flat out. Just, yeah, okay. it's just part of my routine. It's I mean it's hard at the moment because. I mean, wind fits really. back at the track, but it's kind it's of kind of not, not really. back, yeah. and it's a little, and the timing's awkward, and yeah. it's just funny at the moment. But I will try to do when I'm back at the track, two times a week, and then Sunday, sorry, Saturday morning park run. Mm. Try and do that a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, even though I know I've got a long run on the Sunday, it's not a bad thing to do a fast five k on the Saturday, and then take the rest of Saturday off to recover. Yeah. And Go to start your long run on a Sunday and go, oh, geez, I'm a little tired from park run. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're going to be tired at the 50-kilometer mark of your ultra. So you probably should get used to that feeling. Yeah, training on, like, tired legs. And st- yeah, and it's tired, not injured. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. If you're yeah. injured or you've got an injury or you've got muscle pain, that's different to fatigue or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, you kind of just need to suck it up and run through the recovery and run through the fatigue and things that would normally stop you you kind of just need to get on the foam roller and foam them out and yeah. stretch them out. And prehab and stretching is so important. Like yeah. I will slack off on that when I'm just, you know, not running with a purpose. But when I'm training for an ultra, I'll be on the couch at the night with the foam roller underneath me for like yeah. two hours, just rolling out my ankles, rolling out my calves, just, you know, gradually getting to the point where I'm off the couch and I'm on the ground, like rolling my glutes and my quads out, just constantly every single night doing yeah. that to try and uh, make sure I break up the, the lactic acid and, and get everything recovering. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So, okay. So best case scenario, you're not injured right now. Yep. Um, and you're going to do a, say, um, an ultra in where are we June say September so three months okay three months away so you yeah. got twelve weeks um, what would you going from your base of about twenty to thirty or thirty to forty kilometers a week yep. right now what 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 would your twelve weeks look like like right. if you broke it into if for me having done an ultra before or for someone who's never done an ultra before uh, uh, well let's say this I'll, for somebody who's never done an ultra before is twelve weeks long enough for twelve weeks. It's not going to be a fun experience on the day. Okay. So it would be a big thing to train for a marathon from a 30 kilometer a week average to get to a marathon in 12 weeks. Yeah. You can do it, mm. um, but your goal is going to be finishing. Okay. And I think that's where it comes back to the, once you've worked out how much time you've got to commit, and if you can commit to, I mean, realistically, you're talking about eight to 12 hours a week in running training to yep. prepare for an ultra. And that's the minimum. I'm sure guys do more. I'm sure ladies do more. And I'm sure both of them do less, but they're probably the really elite. Yeah. For me, on my reflection, somewhere in that eight to 12 hour range a week is what you need to be able to do to prepare for ultra distance runs. Sure. If you are doing that off a base of 30 to 35 Ks, it's going to be tough. Your goal is just going to be finishing. Mm. Uh, and listen, that is possible because... Ultra runs are kind of different than a marathon, where a marathon you're running the whole time. Mm. Um, in an ultra, there's going to be periods where you're not running. Yeah. So you're going to have the ability to walk and recover up hills. And normally, ultra runs tend to be trail runs and stuff like that. So there's opportunities there. But 12 weeks is really, really short. I would say if you wanted to go do an ultra and you've never done a marathon before, I'd say go to a marathon first. Um, but if you go, if you sit there and go, actually, no, I'm not interested in running a marathon distance. I'm much more interested in completing a distance of 100 kilometers and doing it over the course of 10 hours or something like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Your focus then is on finishing. Yeah. Uh, and I would say, you know, 
get used to running slash walking those long distances, bake them into your long runs. You could probably take the 10% rule um, and stretch it out to 15, 20%, but not for your long runs. Your long runs are going to have to be really, really controlled because yeah. you're just going to want to build on those bit by bit by bit. Um, it's going to be like strength work is going to be so key. Mm. Like actually the thing that's get, with 12 weeks, the thing that would get you through is strength in your muscles. Yeah. Like the running and the momentum of running and the training of running is going to be mind over matter. Yeah. It's going to be building up your muscles strong enough to prevent an injury. Mm. That's going to be the key thing. If you had 12 weeks to go, I would say though, you want to be more 16 to 20 weeks. Okay. Yeah. Now for me, could I go do an ultra in September? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking before I got injured. Yeah. I was talking to Daryl about, you know, could we turn around and do, you know, a hundred k at Yuyangs at wow. the end of July? Okay. And I was wow. sitting there going, with five weeks, what would it take for me to get to a hundred k? And I was sitting there going, well, I know I'm not going to re- have to run the whole thing. Yeah. Like for me to do a hundred k's at Yuyangs would have been more a logistical challenge of, well, food, fuel, when do I rest? Uh, yeah. I know I'm going to have to run. Uh, the hundred kilometer course at Yuyangs is five twenty kilometer laps. And a lot of that 20 kilometers is hiking uphill. Oh, yeah. So there's going to be bits where I'm going to be walking. Yeah. And, and they don't scare me. Um, and I know that there's going to be bits where I'm going to be running and, and they don't scare me. So it's kind of just like, okay, well, I know that I'm going to get through those things mentally. Mm. So as long as I'm not injured, I'm fine. Yeah. But I've done it before. Or I've done stuff like that before. If you've never done it before, you don't know how your body's going to react right. at the 40K mark, the 60K mark or something like that. Okay. Um, so, yeah. But then again, and I'm looking at, uh, if Bright goes ahead at the end of August, they've got a 50-kilometer one. Mm. Um, so, again, there's going to be a lot of hiking in there. Like Dean from the Facebook group, he's yeah. done that one before. He's done the 50. So he knows what it's like, and he knows what the hiking is like. And I'm like, well, if Dean can do it, I feel like I can do it. That's like it, it's, it's where you get strength from other people. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You look at other people in the community, and you go, I might not have done that race, but I feel like I've done things that are similar to him. Yeah. And Dean and I have done the exact same races before. Yeah. So I, I know that I kind of do that. So... Even though I've never done the bright 50 kilometer, Dean having done it gives me confidence that I could get through sure, it. Sure. Okay. So you've got to draw your energy and your sort of enthusiasm and your sense of I can do this from wherever you can when mm. you're looking at it from an ultra. Yeah. Okay. And so then perfect case scenario, you do that yep. in August, 12 mm. weeks. Yep. What's your, from where you're at now, for you personally, yep. what's your what's your program to increase? What's your what's your weekly I, I would get my, I would focus on getting my, weekly kilometers to 70 kilometers a week really quickly so just so, using that uh five kilometers every day to seven to yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd get my I'd, I'd build the baseline what i try not to do is when you're building your baseline have really dramatic um highs and lows yep so i wouldn't build my baseline up um by throwing it all into the long run straight mm. away you want your long run to be proportional to everything else you're doing okay. if your long run on a sunday is more than 35 to 40 percent of your kilometers for the total week, yeah. you're probably packing a little bit too much in there. I mean, it's it's the key thing for your weekly training, but it can't be the only thing you do. Right. You can't train for a, a marathon or an ultra just by doing a long run on a Sunday. Yeah. You've got to do the other stuff during the week so that your long run can be done knowing that you've done six days of running already, knowing yeah. that you have 65, 70 kilometers on your legs because you're trying to simulate the race conditions. Right. So doing a long run every Sunday fresh prepares you for a situation that isn't really going to happen right yeah so i would try and get um, my goal would be the second my adductor is fixed i would get seven days a week from five k's to seven days 
and then from sorry from five kilometers to seven kilometers and then from seven kilometers to ten kilometers and i'd get that to a point where i'd done two uh, weeks of 70 kilometers mm-hmm. 10ks a day and then i would look at right how do i lift my sunday long run up yep and how do i lift my wednesday midweek run up mm. and so i would keep my other days at 10ks i would lift those up but at that point, I would probably introduce a rest day again. Yeah, okay. And I would probably sit there and go, right, if I'm now doing seven days a week and I'm doing maybe 14Ks on a Wednesday and 21Ks on a Sunday, I think I need to introduce a rest day back yeah. in here. And so I'd work out, am I going to do it every week or am I going to do it every fortnight or mm. something like that? And then that's the way it would go is that I would then go, right, um, I want to keep my, my kilometers the same. Yeah. So I had, uh, I've upped it to 85, but then I've taken a day out so then my kilometers that were 10 days, uh, 10 kilometers a day need to become 12 kilometers a day. Right. And my long run that was 21 needs to become 25. Mm. And I would gradually go through. So I would really apply the 10% rule for me personally once I got my baseline back to something like 70 kilometers a week. Okay. Uh, but if you've never had a baseline of 70 kilometers, you've got to apply the 10% rule to get to, get to 70 there. kilometers yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it depends on where you've gone. Right. I've got the muscle memory. Yeah. So I've done it before, so I know that my body will get back to it. And do you think that, that you, your body will get back to it quicker than obviously somebody who's yeah. not? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got pretty good recovery. Like I've, I've chatted with Mark and Simon before about my ability to recover after long runs. I, I feel like I'm pretty above average in yep. my ability to recover from long runs. Yep. So I have no doubt that once I get past the injury, my body will be able to handle that pretty well. I've always been, maybe I've just been lucky, yeah. but maybe it's, you know, something a little bit more. Maybe it's a superpower. Maybe. Wolverine's healing power. Nice. Yeah. You got the... Yeah, i got the beard. And yeah, you're yeah. like hairy and stuff. Yeah. So rock on. Very Although hairy. you're wearing like this blue looking Superman. Is I that, know. Is that a Nike top? This is a Nike top. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I yeah. got to get one because it's blue. It's slimming. It is. <laughs> <laughs> sucks everything in. in yeah, that's why we're under armor a lot so yeah okay so in terms of your cross training what's what's cross training like for your yeah so run? lots of bike riding yeah rowing machine mm. um definitely uh weights so strength training um focusing on core um with ultra running also starting to focus a little bit on you know shoulders and back because they're out there for a long time yeah. with you often you're carrying a pack like a lot of the ultra runs, they have to make you carry uh, gear to look after yourself when you're in the middle of the bush somewhere. Um, so you're carrying water, you're carrying whistles, you're carrying emergency blankets, you're carrying food, you're carrying spare jackets and bandages and all that sort of stuff. Wow. So, you know, we spoke about how you can tell the long distance runner who doesn't do any strength training because yeah. they just got that really skinny upper body. You don't really see that with ultra runners. They mm. tend to be a little bit you know, broader because they're used to doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I definitely wouldn't um, negate my back and shoulders when I'm training for an ultra. Um, I try not to negate them anyway, but that's right. because I'm, it's aesthetics. Yeah. But it actually does really help mm. with an ultra. Um, bike riding is a really good one because you can go long distances with more effort, but it will actually work muscles on your legs that running doesn't. Yeah. So your hamstrings and your glutes in slightly different areas. Uh, and I just love the rowing machine because the rowing machine is full body workout. Yeah, it's like everything. It's everything at once. Yeah. So they tend to be my cross-training ones. I find that uh, when I start, because I play basketball, when I'm not training for an ultra and I'm just doing like 5, 10K training, I have the ability to jump. Mm. The second I start training for a long distance run, my ability to jump just disappears. Right. Like, uh, and because you're, you basically sit there and go, long distance running is I want to, 
run over a long distance. Mm. And so your ability to jump gets stretched out yeah. over a long distance. And if I'm only training for short distances, I can go up. So I can dunk a tennis ball when I'm not training for an ultra. And when I'm training for an ultra, I can barely touch the backboard. Right. Like it's almost, you know, 10 to 20 centimeters of difference for my jumping ability. Do you play basketball with a tennis ball? No, they tend to not let me do that because I can dunk. Right. <laughs> In warm-ups. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I'm in a funny men's league for over 40, under six foot two, where we play with a tennis ball. Tennis it's ball. very specific. Yeah. That's okay, that's fair enough. That's cool. That's cool. I'm trying to tent get ball. Um, okay. So, and what's your, what, what does your nutrition generally look like throughout the week? Like, what, what do you do for your long... Uh, What's different for your long run on a Sunday than your, say, shorter, quote-unquote, long run on a Wednesday? Anything? Uh, not really. I mean, with this whole intermittent fasting thing, I thought ahead, and I'm like, I don't think I would drop the fasting for the long run on the Wednesday. Yep. Um, for my long runs on a Sunday, it's your standard basic, find something that has worked for you on race day yeah. and make sure you do it. So for me, that's... Very basic white carbs like pancakes, mm. white bread, yeah. stuff like that with a little bit of spread on it. Yeah. That's what I'd use to fuel. Um, you do, I mean, you know, you get hungry training for a marathon. It's you're just constantly eating when you're training for an ultra. Yeah, so it, I mean, f from my perspective, from what I see, mm. it seems like an ultra runner has a lot more, say, solid, real foods than, oh, than yeah. a marathon runner. Yeah. Well, the when you're doing the actual... I mean, you saw this when you came and saw yeah. the, the non-stop ultra. No one at that was, like, eating gels. No. Uh, they, it was they were eating real food. They yeah. were eating, like, potatoes and pasta. You loved and, your potatoes. Oh, my potatoes were awesome. Yeah. Salty potatoes were just great. Mm. Um, and that's probably... Uh, it's just good nutrition, I find. I try to follow... I mean, when I'm doing 100Ks plus weeks, I don't have to worry about portion control at all. Yeah. Like, you're just eating the whole time. Yeah. But it's good quality food. You yeah. don't want to eat, you know, highly processed, highly sugary foods because you don't get any benefit out of that. Yeah. You want to make sure you're getting protein. You want to make sure that you're getting vegetables, you know, dark, green, leafy vegetables. I, I crave spinach yeah. when I'm training for that sort really? of stuff. And, oh, I'll, I'll throw spinach in everything. Wow. Just to, because I, I find I really react well to it. Yeah. So trying to do stuff like that and... You know, you can't have a cheap meal every day. Okay. But you also don't have to worry about having that second plate of pasta. Sure. So it's a bit of a tipping balance, but yeah. nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. It, but yeah, when you're in the actual race. Better for solid food. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because I've never done an ultra over 50Ks where we haven't come back to the same point on regular occasions. Yep. So if you had to go do, say, you know, 100k which was point to point mm. you would have to carry everything with you yeah and that's very different to doing 100ks or 50ks where you're looping back through the same area two or three times sure. because you've got the ability to leave stuff there and pick it up as you go yeah so i think those people who do ultra runs where it's like okay we're going to start here and we're going to finish there and you'll never go over the same course yeah. that would be very different and that's why when you do things like oxfam they've got the rest stops and people go ahead and meet you at the rest stops with food and all that sort of stuff mm. they do something similar to that in some of the bigger ultra runs also yeah okay. yeah right mm. rock on and so how often do you feel the need to i mean obviously on the backyard it was like every seven kilometers you just yeah. fueled because yeah. you had to be proactive Proactive on like a 50k how often do you do you have like a or do you just i tend to stick to the my marathon timing tends to be every 45 minutes to 50 minutes yeah. like somewhere in that range um 
not I don't wait till every ten. I mm. tried pushing it out to every ten Ks yeah. and it was just too much distance. Okay. So I find that every seven Ks is a little too quick. Yeah. because uh, the problem is if you're doing gels, your body then really starts to crave the gel. And yeah. you also want to give yourself time to process and everything. Mm. So somewhere in that forty five to fifty K range is where fifty minutes. 50, yeah, 45 that's to 50 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Around about the 50K point of a 50K, I'll decide to have so something to eat. That's when you fuel. Yeah. Nice. Now, 45 to 50 minutes, I refuel. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Cool. All right. Anything, uh, anything else that I haven't spoken about? That I mean, probably just the, the other thing about ultra running is it tends to be trail related. So that means a whole different set of kit yeah, and gear. Right. Okay. So you've got to think about trail shoes. And different kind of training. Different types of training. Lots more hill training. Yeah. Uh, getting used to running on non-pavement and mm. non-asphalt that's a big one mm. like i remember the first time i went and did an ultra i kind of had to go learn how to run on trails yeah and kind of had to get coaching on how do i run down a hill mm. uh which is like sand and dirt and grit and how to move your body and also learning a lot of technique stuff about when you're running along a trail sometimes you're just kind of bounding yeah. from rock to rock and yeah. trying to I'd keep love, time I'd going it's awesome fun, fun but you kind of kind of um Get over your fear factor. Yeah. And sit there and go, I'm, I'm lucky I've never had a, a really major fall. Yeah. I've absolutely, um, I mean, one time I missed a rock and because I missed the rock, it kind of sent me on a different path. Mm. And about four meters after the rock, I kind of bounced off a tree and bounced myself back onto the path like a pinball machine. Nice. And left this big mark down my arm and all that sort of stuff. That's probably the worst one I've had. Yeah. And that's relatively minor. Like you see some horrible things about people who step too close to a cliff edge and go tumbling down. Scary. Yeah. So, you know, there is a little bit of fear factor to get over and and a whole bunch of equipment that you might need as well. Like a lot of the um, races are very clear on the mandatory gear you need to carry. And so I've got like a whole little packet in my cupboard ready to go of, I've got my whistle, I've got my blanket, I've got my space uh, compression bandage, I've got all that sort of gear where, you know, if a race comes up, I can just grab it and chuck it into a pack and away you go. Nice. Um, And you will spend months looking for the right hydration pack. Yeah. Like looking for a hydration pack or a vest that doesn't rub and doesn't ride and doesn't shift and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's just horrible. And you'll find yourself, you know, at events talking to people, where'd you get that from? Would you, you know? Yeah. And you can spend some serious coin on that stuff. Like people will spend three hundred dollars on a hydration vest or a running pack or something like that. So, yeah. so be prepared for that. Yeah, mine well. costs like one hundred and twenty bucks, and it's not even it's it's not like a it's not like a Solomon or anything. It's it's a good one. Yeah. Um, oh, it's in the other room, but it's certainly not a top of the line one. No, I I, I was blinking at mine. I was like one hundred and fifty bucks. Do I want to spend that? And then you're like, well, your next option is like 270. I'm yeah. Like, oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And also, you have to get used to uh, drinking bladder water. So mm. again, when you train for a, a marathon or something like that, you know, on the marathon there'll be little cups you can take, but often on an ultra, you're out in the middle of nowhere with nothing else to reach, and so you're gonna have to learn to drink out of one of those tubes and the bladders. And bladder water never tastes great. No, it's not you my can, favorite thing. You can do whatever you want to try and make it taste better, but. It's coming it out still of still tastes rubbery, plasticky, or whatever. It's coming out of a rubber bag that's at body temperature. That's mm. it's just not good. It's not so, nice. but apart from that, really recommend it. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're selling me on the ultra running and the hydration packs and everything. Ultra running's fun. It's a different challenge. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm really glad I got into it. Nice. Like really glad. And the best thing about being an ultra runner is that a marathon doesn't really hold that much fear for you. Yeah. Because you can sit there and go, all right, I feel like I could do a marathon. 
um, at relatively short notice and know I'd be okay with it. Right. And so that's that's great to, that's, be, yeah. to be able to feel that way. And and ultra runners are just like a really chill group of people. Mm. You know, there's not as much lycra and stretchy stuff with the mara- with the ultra runners. Yeah. There's a lot more, you know, I kind of uh, compare it to uh, marathon runners are your power rangers yeah. and ultra runners are your ninja turtles. Nice. So there's a little bit more <laughs> hardcore in the ultra runners, which, which works for me. Yeah. That's funny. I like that. Mm. I like that. Cool. So, yeah, that's it. And nothing else? No, that's all I can think of. Although I'm that's sure if people, if people have questions, yeah. um, put it on the community. Absolutely. I mean, I kind of feel like Dean's becoming the resident expert in ultra running. We've got to get him on the podcast. Yeah. I feel like we need to get him on the podcast. Well, I mean, I think that's really interesting if he goes to Bright. Daryl and I play. Oh, dude! If you guys got bright, you're you're doing it. Well, if yeah, and then you could pop up as well. And yeah, well, you, know. you can you can take me with you. Yeah, well, I'd love you, to. Go got to a big band. Yeah, yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> that is really, came out really weird. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, it did. That's cool. Is there windows in it? Yeah, there's windows. It's not like a it's, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, one of those bands. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Wow. Oh. Hmm. Well, that's that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that yeah. That'd be really interesting to. Yeah. I, I still I feel like I would love to do. I mean, obviously we kind of did it at the backyard ultra. Uh, I I'd I'd love to do like a uh, like much more of that yeah. at an actual event yeah. where we're just kind of quote unquote broadcasting yeah. from it and yeah. I think well we had plans to do that this year, but just then that went away. Everything just yeah. This is why we don't get because we're going to do it at the yeah the rotary run, not the rotary run, the mansion run. Yeah, we were yeah. going to do so much of this stuff, and then COVID went. No, dude, I have I gotta keep track of the races. I think I have four races that I I have credit for, so I gotta keep track of that. Yeah, by the way, everybody, keep track of your races. Yeah, because I yeah they're just floating out there right now. Yeah, so. Yeah. You gotta know when when you have a. Have you been were... tempted by any of these virtual races? Kinda, yeah. but at the same time, meh, I'm like, mm, I don't know that I want to spend X amount of money just, yeah, just for the. Me- I mean, yeah, I love the medal and everything, but my marathon maniacs group is doing over the course of July. If you do four, three out of four virtual marathons in the course of the month, you get like a medal. Yeah, and that's great but it's also like doing three marathons in a month is not an easy thing no. and to do it just for a virtual type medal it's like yeah, yeah. I, I need the race feel. yeah yeah same the... like I've, I've, I've always do the marathon training academy like mm. i did their virtual uh half i did their virtual covid run um i didn't i, I did the free version of that one because they had one where you could pay and get the medal mm. and everything i didn't do that but i just i don't know that I do the, the, the Marathon Training Academy one just because I'm part of that community and I like yeah. you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, they we post and everything. But virtual runs normally, um, unless I'm part of the community already, I, I probably won't go yeah. out of my way to do it. Like, obviously, with the Breaking the Barrier virtual run, I'm part of that community because, you know, we run the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I... Even the Spartan ones, the Spartan ones, they do a lot of virtual races lately, and I'm I'm not even doing those right yeah, now. Yeah, it's just it just feels different. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather just be there, man. And if if I can't for a while, and so be it. Like, yeah. So people, stay home, stay safe, wash your hands, let us run again at races. Indeed, we need this. As we talk to each other from not at home and in the same room. That's still allowed. That is. That two, is still allowed. Two people, five people. Five people. Five people. Five people from. Can meet inside a house. Yeah. Man. So there. Shut up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to get our listeners on side. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> I probably won't edit that out. No, why not? I don't care. 
Well, that's all I got. Do you have anything else? No, I got nothing else. All right. Thanks for chatting. Thanks for the talk. Good to see you. Indeed. Yeah, Um, well. Let's try not wait another month to do this. Yeah, good call. Dude, I swear to God, it just went by so quickly. Let's try to... It didn't feel like a month. No. I honestly thought it was two weeks. I thought it was that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Weird to me that it was a month. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. Give us some ideas, listeners. Give us stuff to talk about. Although, we are going to do that Star Wars draft. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. I think, I feel like I want that to be like our next one. All right. We'll plan that. We'll start planning that. Yeah, right. Cool. Uh, And then give us some other ideas, people. We'll do them. All right. Well, I've been Andrew. I've been Zach. And this is the podcast that helps to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.